Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Anne said to me, and Anne knows this, and I'm going to let you into a bit of a trade secret as well, I'm probably less comfortable with being given a topic, not because I don't understand or understand the need for it, but because I'm such an intuitively spontaneous person, I would, if I'm asked to speak on the 27th of March, I'm already thinking, God, what do you want me to speak about and where we're going? And I'm waiting here from heaven, just that kind of nudge, you know, I love God's nudges, you know, and, and so on. And, uh, and I, I, don't re- I don't in any way have a problem with being asked to speak. I'm speaking a few weeks' time at Billy Graham's uh, evangelistic associations uh, gathering of hundred and some odd leaders and, and so on and uh, they give me a topic so I, I, it's not something I, I, I don't like to do but I find myself more akin to just God what's beginning to rise and out of the fullness of the heart the mouth speaks and so on so when Anne said to me uh, Arvind Anne said to me would you speak on thy kingdom come I was glad that actually it's something that I actually already think a lot about yeah. It's not kind of, oh, you know, how do you talk about, you know, where did Cain find his wife? And, you know, and I, I, I don't, you know, anyway. But I want to tell you something. This is probably the biggest subject I've ever given the last few weeks to think about in 40 plus years of ministry. And the more I think about it, the more I realize I know so little about it that it's actually scary. Now, that's not like a, a, a confession thing. Oh, well, you know, let's hope he's got something to say today. Well, I pray so. But I keep saying, God, what's the message in the title? What's the theme? What's the message? Where do you want to go with this? How do you want us to train us? So, you know, so I want to talk about it for a little while. Now, Anne said before I go, she said, take your time. So breakfast is at eight tomorrow morning. <laughs> is that? <laughs> you actually, nobody's leaving. That's amazing. I've been in churches where that's happened, trust me, and uh, that's scary. But I want to talk about this for a little while. But before I do, just to turn to somebody and saying, I'm about to learn something I've never heard before. Now that's prophesying because you may not learn anything at all, but you know, <laughs> but we prophesy in part, we see in part, and you know, but thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We stand on the precipice, potentially, of war in Europe. Make no mistake about that. Now, you might say, oh, no, 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 God's in control. Of course God's in control. He was in control before the First World War, the Second World War, every other war. And actually, and so what I'm about to say is going to actually maybe put some context into that. But we stand at a time when people are saying, what happens next? Tomorrow, the... Prime Minister of this great country will actually make an announcement that, you know, the pandemic is over. The endemic situation is now on us, back to normal. All restraints, allegedly, will be taken off. I fly uh, this week to Ireland, to, uh, uh, to Belfast, to meet with leadership. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Between now and when, when I'm with you again in March, I'll be in America. I'm going to a big conference there, preaching in Miami another time, maybe going to Christ Foundation, seeing my family who lead that and so on. So suddenly the world's going to get back to normal, or so it seems, and yet we face uncertainty. Have you ever thought, have you ever thought about what the last question was that the disciples asked Jesus? 
before he left. It's Acts chapter 1. And it strikes me as interesting that when the disciples were with Jesus and Jesus said to them, he said, no, don't go anywhere. Just stick around in Jerusalem. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. You know, you're going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. And you'll be able to witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth and so on. And the disciples, after three plus years of being with Jesus, asked him a stupid question. Aren't you glad that you can ask Jesus stupid questions even when you think you're really intelligent? Lord, is, it, is this the time? Now, is, it, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And the next thing we read is, and after he had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. So the last question they asked is the question Anne's asked me to speak about. So thanks, Anne. I love you too. <laughs> it strikes me as very significant that the thing of the kingdom, and this is important, I believe, for us to understand, is best expressed in the person or in the collective personality of the church of Jesus Christ. Because when we start talking about the kingdom of God, and we must start praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. We're not praying about some theoretical, theological concept. Lord, would you just, would you give us utopia on earth? I want to tell you something, that's a great prayer to pray, but I don't think you'll ever see that till Jesus returns, yeah. and actually till all the things which currently are still under the dictate of sin and of perversion and of man's wickedness will change. This week I was down in London getting my South African passport renewed, but it lapsed during COVID. And so I had to jump in a train very early one morning, scoot down to London for an appointment. And if you were late, they'd tell you to come back some other time. So since December, when I knew I had an appointment date, I got forms. I mean, forms. I mean, forms. I mean, I've had passports for years, filled a few of them. I want to just a renew one, and actually now you've got to go through this whole process as if you've never existed. You know why? And I stood there waiting in the queue when uh, somebody else was being interviewed, and there was a young lady who had previously had a passport. Hers had also lapsed, and she had to renew it. And she said, I have a passport. And the person said, how do I know that the passport you had was ever issued correctly? We need to start from scratch. But I've had a passport. I've actually been part of the club. I've had all the documentation. And so I listened to the process, and I suddenly realized that this is a big deal. You see, the privileges of, of citizenship come with the responsibilities of citizenship. Yeah. And the right of citizenship comes with the responsibility to adhere to the laws of yeah. citizenship. Amen. How many of you like road safety or safety on the roads. There's a yeah. policeman, you're allowed to raise your hands. Okay, all right, okay, okay. How many of you know that 80% of our public breaks the speeding laws every time they drive? Now, that's a fact. It's, no, it's got to be true. It's on the internet. We have a thing at work where we have a, a kind of a prompt to dr better driving. And, and, and I thought, nah, it can never be that high. And I put, I'm going to be really pessimistic and say 60%. Came back and said, no, it's, you know. 
No, it's not abusive speeding of 120 mile an hour in a 20 mile an hour zone. It's just that little bit of pushing the boundary. Yeah? How many want to be healthy in the way we live? Yeah. Of course you do. We want to be healthy, but we want to live unhealthy lives. Don't look at me that way. I'm not the... That's the truth. I drank hot water this morning and Pastor Alvis said, well done. I always drink hot water. I thought, he's trying to put me under condemnation right now. How many people want to be married, but they want to live single lives? No responsibility. Oh, you know, it's still my life. I speak to young couples, my wife and I do, in counseling. and say, oh, well, of course, you know, yeah, we may be married, but my stuff is still my stuff, and so on. Well, let me tell you, that might be good enough for some, but when I got married, I got married, and actually, yeah. you know, I earn it, she spends it. That's the... That's the <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's sitting there thinking, man, this guy's a prophet of God. He knows just what it's like. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us. You know. Let your kingdom come, for sure. I woke up, I didn't sleep well last night. I kind of fuzzy-headed this morning because I... All night, this, 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 this phrase, let your kingdom come. Let your ki-. And I, 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 I lie on my one side and, Lord, what is that? What do, what do you want to say? And then disturb my wife by turning over the other way. And I said, to, I didn't teach her. I noticed, what's wrong with you? Oh, I'm thinking about this phrase all night, let your kingdom come. But I woke up with a song in my heart. And it goes like this. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. To his feet thy tribute bring. And I thought, praise him. Now, I don't understand it all. We're going to have a fair stab at talking about it in a bit. But I tell you what, praise my soul, the yes. king of heaven. Amen. The first thing about the kingdom is this. There's a king. And he's not waiting to celebrate 70 years or 100 years or 10,000 years. But his kingdom is from everlasting to everlasting. His kingship is without end. He's the one who is able to do so much more than we could ever ask or think. But his kingdom is sure. Thrones, emperors, dictators, governments, democracies, autocracies, dictatorships, they'll come and go. But his kingdom is without end. So Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, when you pray, by the way, the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. That's where the question came from. It wasn't Jesus just saying, guys, you don't know nothing. Let me show you what you don't know. They said, we don't know how to pray like you pray. You seem to pray in a different way. So teach us how to pray like you pray. So Jesus, okay. Um, Pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven. Okay, good. Got that. Okay. We know. Okay, got that one. Hallowed be your name. Fantastic job last week. I, I sat there thinking, if I was still pastoring a church, she'd be on my preaching list. I'm going to invite this. Other. It's an amazing job. Amen. Hallowed be your name. Yeah. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I said, yeah, God. I, so I said to Bridget this week, I said, what will the kingdom of God look like if it was on earth? Hmm. Never ask your wife a question 
That's going to take a long time to answer because we're still talking about it. I sp spent time with somebody in the last couple of days. I said, oh, yes, you know, well, I just, I'm just waiting to do something for the kingdom. I said, hmm, what do you mean by that? Easy to say that. But if you don't even know what the kingdom really looks like, what can you do for it if you don't have understanding of what it actually looks like? Another phrase we love to trot out. You hear this everywhere. I use it all the time myself. So we're all not guilty. We're all counterparts. Well, of course, we need to have a kingdom mentality. Really? Get your little head around the fact that the kingdom that we're trying to have the mentality of predated the creation of the earth. That the throne that oversaw the creation of planets, stars, the infinite, the God who is without beginning, without end, who is omniscient, means he knows everything, omnipotent, has all power, omnipresent, he's everywhere at the same time. That's the extent of his kingdom. We said, we don't need to have a mentality like that. Well, I know what we're trying to say. Well, we need to do stuff that builds the kingdom. But we actually, we don't even know what the kingdom is we're trying to build some, sure. some of the time. We're just trying to build something we think is reasonably yeah. good. Not offensive. Benign. Let your kingdom come. So, let me get on because time is going to disappear very quickly. Jesus says to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verse 3, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. So for us to even begin to understand what the kingdom is and how the kingdom that we are trying to pray, God, would you please at this time let it come on earth, for us to pray that in a way that is detached from the kingship of the kingdom is by default or by definition a problem. Because Jesus said, you won't even see the kingdom if you don't experience new birth. Yeah. So let me start off by saying, and I make no apology for saying this to us all, um, this is not a theoretical exercise. It's a question of submission. When Cliff Richard at Millennium, at the Millennium uh, uh, Prayer, which was the Lord's Prayer, we stood at, in Birmingham in uh, Centenary Square with thousands of people as he was singing the Lord's Prayer. And everyone was singing it with full throttle voice, you know, let's go for it, your kingdom come. Because actually we want a good millennium. without submission. Nicodemus, you're not going to see the kingdom. You're not going to see what I'm talking about unless you're born again. Now, by the way, Nicodemus was a religious man. So this kingdom is not about religion. It's not about kind of church structure. As Dr. Billy Graham once said, he said, you can be born in a garage. It doesn't make you a motor car. Reinhard used to say, Reinhard Bonke, my dear friend and 
mentor in many ways. He said, you can work in a soap factory, but won't make you clean. You see, there's the appropriation of these things. That's the taking it to yourself. And uh, So, if I want to see the kingdom, I've got to get to know the king. Now, by the way, Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says about this, is, and this message of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations as a sign, and then the end will come. It doesn't say, Jesus didn't say, and this message of the kingdom will be preached globally, and then we'll have a kingdom. The message will be about the Savior. It's the acceptance of the Savior that determines the establishment within the hearts the minds, the fabric of people's lives, that the kingdom that they are seeing by faith, they're receiving through submission and beginning to express through what they do. So when Jesus said to Abel, he said, Abel, when you pray, pray, let my kingdom come. He wasn't saying, pray for Anne. He's saying, pray for yourself right now. God, Begin this thing in me. Yeah. It's got to happen in me. Yeah. You see, we're very good at seeing the lack of the kingdom in others. Sure. But very poor at defining that the throne of our lives yeah. is still occupied by me. Sure. So the more I'm challenged by this, as I was asked to think about it, I'm thinking, how can I dare say to you, let's pray, let your kingdom come, and yet on the throne of Oliver's life is Oliver's kingship. Does that? Yeah. That yeah. certainly puts me yeah. into a situation where I'm saying, whoa, now, you, might, you notice I'm starting to wear a tie again because <laughs> I feel very condemned when I see Alba looking like a real Christian and I was coming here looking so casual. So I started wearing a tie. But actually, I thought about that, and I'll be very honest with you. Now, listen, this is, this is by no means at all saying that this should be adopted. I'm just talking about me and so on. And I thought, have I become so familiar with the throne room that the things I once thought are sacred, precious, and holy have actually begun to even affect the way I think I could just wander in? And I am challenged by that. I'm challenged not by some kind of silly Christian uh, 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 notion that, you know, I can earn God's favor through the, not at all, not saying that. But actually, God, I never want to give the sense that actually you, the time in the presence of the king is nothing other than the greatest privilege humankind yes. can ever know. Give me the ability yeah. to value it Amen. again. And that means I even just say to myself, you know what? At least do something that does that, you know. And then I want to do that. Now, next time I preach, I'll probably want to wear a tie. So you're going to get backslidden. So I'm not saying that. But you understand what I'm saying. There's, a, there's something in this. It's saying, how do I reflect the value system that I'm trying to communicate to others? Saying, we've got to pray. Let your kingdom come. And, you know, that, you know I remember when we were pastoring many years ago, uh, one of the guys that was working alongside us, he was a youth worker, and he just, you know, he kept talking about Jesus in a way that eventually I was, I, I was grieved. I, I personally was grieved. And he just said, he said, man, Jesus is a real dude. And 
Others were kind of, yeah, it's cool, man, and so on. And so on. You can tell how old I am because cool was a, a word when I was growing up. And the more he talked, the more I saw, uh, not just a king, I saw a king on a cross, and I saw, and I thought, God, I never want to lose that through familiarity. Now, if you misunderstand me, you're going to think I'm some, I'm some kind of, you know, kind of self-righteous or even kind of, uh, uh, you know, kick to try to make people feel condemned. Not at all. But I know when Isaiah entered the throne room, he says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lift up, and his glory filled the house and the temple. And, 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 so on. and when you read the book of Revelation and the elders see the throne and they fall down and they worship yeah. and, and there's a sense of all-encompassing awe. Thinking, Whoa! The king! I'm looking forward to the Queen's 70th Jubilee this year more than ever because I, I believe we're getting some more public holidays. And the, you're like, yeah, I love that. But you know what? If all that I think of her as being the queen of this wonderful country for is to give me a few benefits once in a while, public holiday. And I think that gives me the right to walk in your presence and say, hey, queen, thanks very much for the extra holiday. Cool. Love it. I will be out of there so fast, you have no idea. In fact, if I want to walk into a presence, there's a way to walk in. If I want to walk out, there's a way to walk out. If there's a way to talk, you don't hold, you don't do, you, in fact, the things you don't do, I'm bigger than the things you do do. You do, do. If you know what I mean, mean. <laughs> Born again. Renewed in our thinking. Reminded of Romans where Paul writes, he says, Brothers, I beseech you, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be renewed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. Be renewed. Yes. You know, the kingdom. It's about the king. I want to ask you a question, and uh, will you give me another 10 minutes? I have four pages, and I've not even got off the first three lines yet. Like I said, that's a huge subject. This could be a Bible study for the next six months. But let me ask you something. Is it possible? Is it, listen, forgive me for asking this, but I'm going to be, is it possible that the first thing that we need to understand or see before we can actually ever reach Stratford or the area of Warwickshire with the gospel is that we actually rediscover the value of the king? Amen amongst us just a simple question that doesn't mean that I become so religious that I become like Nicodemus saying well you know let's talk you know we're kind of equal here and Jesus said Nicodemus I want to blow your cover right here you don't even want to see it if you're not born again is that possible anyway so thy kingdom come Pray this way. Well, be careful what you pray for. It may change the rest of your eternity. Starting now. And actually, when we begin to pray that way, things begin to happen. God's rule has been everlasting, is everlasting. John chapter 18 and verse 36 says, Jesus says to Pontius Pilate when he actually says, Are you a king? And Jesus says to him, Pontius, let me tell you something. My kingdom isn't of this world. No. No. 
You think that you got me here under your thumb. I've got news for you. My kingdom is actually so big, you haven't got a clue, you know. What you see is the king opening the door for citizens who are not worthy. But my kingdom is not of this world. And if you think it is, you think you can stop what's happening by playing the crowd? You have no idea. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, then would my servants fight. But my kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Hebrews actually goes on, and I love this. I read it this morning, and it really uh, talks about this. It talks about those who, in the Old Testament, were looking forward to the coming of Jesus, the king arriving in his incarnate state and beginning to see and begin to handle. And they were looking forward, hoping, come, 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 come. John the Baptist being expressed, preparing the way of the Lord. And it says this about them. It said, they thought of themselves as strangers and aliens. And then it says this, instead, they were longing for a better country. Let me say a better kingdom, a heavenly one, a heavenly kingdom. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city, a better kingdom for them. <coughs> I broke the word kingdom into two halves just for the sake of simplicity. King and dominion, kingdom. And when we talk about kingdom, we talk about rank of the king, the quality of the king or the kingship of, of the attributes of the king. Talked a bit about that already this morning. It, it declares royal authority, the sovereignty of his rule and power. And actually when the king is in residence, as in this country, the standard waves above the ramparts of the, 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 the queen's house, of, of, of the palace, or the fortification. The king is here. And the world cannot but know that the king is in residence because actually there flies the flag. But it's not the flag that gives authority. It's the authority of the king. It's the nobility of the king. It's the attributes of the king. It is the presence of the king in residence that makes the difference. And you know something? A church without a flag, I'm not talking a physical one now, that says the king is here is not a church, it's a club. Because there's no authority to change the world. There's no dispensing of the mandates of heaven to influence the affairs of man. But it's not just about the character and the person of the king, but it is about the dominion of the kingdom. And the dominion is the sphere in which the king has absolute control. Think about it. I said to Bridget this morning on the way to church, I said, I wonder if we understand what earth would look like if it looked like heaven. Think about it. What earth would be if it looked like, if it reflected heaven in any which way? I mean, in heaven, you don't actually have debate about Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to forgive them. Forget about that next week. Or, you know, we're not going to feed the hungry, or we will feed the hungry out of... It's kind of like provision. God's grace towards people, forgiveness. In fact, heaven is in no place dysfunctional. There's no dysfunctionality at all in heaven. Not a, not a bit of it. 
So when we start saying, oh, you know what, we need, to, we, we need to see more of the kingdom on earth. We need to see any of the kingdom of earth. That would be a good place to start. Because it's the place where the entirety of God's rule is seen within the sphere of his uh, monarchy. It's the territory that is subject to the will of the king. He draws the boundaries. Now, there's 160 plus references to the kingdom in the New Testament alone. I'm going to say this and I say it advisedly. There are some scriptures which for the sake of us being on air and on internet and so on, and for people actually abusing it against this church, I can't read. But you should read them. Because it actually talks about what the kingdom's boundaries are. In all areas of life. And let me say this to you. We're fast approaching. And I really believe this passionately. And 20 odd, 30 years ago. When I said this first in Birmingham. There were Christians that said to us. Never in Britain. It will never happen. You don't understand the British. You're an African. Okay. I am an African. It's true. But I saw something coming then. When people were being interviewed and saying. Within 20 years things which are now considered to be fringe will be center. And things which are considered to be centered will actually be disposed of. And I said these things are coming. And I was interviewed by the Birmingham Evening Mail. They did a big center spread. And they talked about what this man believes is the future. And suddenly these things are happening. Now if you want to know what the Bible says about the boundaries of what we in life should be considering. If we want to be in the kingdom of heaven. These things will be in heaven. So if you want what is in heaven on earth, read where the boundaries are. Okay? And you say, well, you need to come get up to date with contemporary thinking. No. If we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is heaven's boundaries about all the things in terms of human relationships, in terms of thieving, in terms of abuse, in terms of people taking advantage, in terms of the, the wealthy, the poor, the rich. In fact, I woke up this morning thinking, you know what, there won't be one billionaire in heaven. Because the moment somebody passes from this realm into that which is eternal, they stand before God not based upon the merits of what they have in the bank account, but based upon who they serve, who they bow the knee to, Jesus Christ. There won't be one politician in heaven. I thought I could listen, amen or hallelujah for that. Because we're not looking for democratic rule. There's a king who sets the boundaries. And we live according to those. So when we say, your kingdom come, what are you praying for? Oh, Lord, let your kingdom come so that I can have a nicer and easier life. That I can live more conveniently. Or I can live under the convicting sense of this is what heaven's boundaries look like. God, I can't cope with this. Help me to absorb or to accept the rule and realm of influence of the king. And then once I've accepted it, help me to begin to express that in a way that actually your kingdom can be shared, whether I'm in education or in medicine or in, in banking or in police. Wherever I go, I'm now representing the king in that way. A friend of mine many years ago was, used to play international cricket and uh, he uh, uh, had a little thing around his arm which uh, uh, the, the commentators on the BBC kept referring to and, and so on. And He'd been in our home and we... we <laughs> We'd actually had a chat about it because 
you know, he wore it, he, he suffered all sorts of conditions, epilepsy and so on, and he really met Jesus. So anyway, cut a long story short, he's playing cricket at Lord's, and one of these guys said, oh, he's obviously been an epileptic, and now he's wearing this band around his arm in case he has a fit so they can come. So they zoomed in on it, okay? Yeah, you know how strong these cameras are. They zoomed right in, and you could tell the time on his watch if you needed to. And it actually had that WWJD. They said, now, what does WWJD mean for epileptics? Um, and the guys on the BBC, they go, well, um, um, I'm a clue. And the one of the guys said, no, actually, he's a Christian. And it actually says, what would Jesus do on the BBC? And they couldn't stop it because it was out there. But then we go into all the world and actually this message of the kingdom starts to travel across the world. And actually as far as it goes, people start seeing the way we live and they see our good works and they give glory to our Father. And they said, hey, they're doing what Jesus would do. And now the kingdom is advancing. And no man can stop it. It's beginning to proliferate. It's beginning to expand. Let your kingdom come. We pray that because we believe it. I'm going to give you seven things. I'm not going to go through them, but I believe that these seven things will actually help us. I'll put them into W's because I like to make things easy for me. Okay. When we pray, let your kingdom come, we pray, Lord, that your word become the language of its citizens. Let your word become the language of its citizens. I could preach just on that for an hour, but I'm not going to. Number two, let your work or your worth, sorry, let your, your worth, your value, let your worth or your worthship be in evidence in everything we do. We won't do anything. We don't want to do anything that actually interferes with the value that we see in our relationship with you. People often talk about the fact, they say, you know, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. And I I believe that with all my heart. But that's not the fear that God's going to hit you with a stick. The fear of my wife that makes me stay true to her is not that she's going to hit me with the rolling pin, or what do you call it, the rolling pin? Is that what you call it? I'm not frightened of her. But my relationship with her is more important to me than anything that I do that could offend her. That's reverence in fear. Number three, your wealth, the wealth of the kingdom becomes the reason for our faith. Oh, you could talk about this for hours, really. You know, Jesus says, Guys, don't you see the sparrows? Don't you see the this and so on? How much more does your father? I know time is gone. Number, number five, your wisdom. Number four, your wisdom becomes the light that, gu- that, that guides and, uh, the, the path we're taking, that, 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 that is our guidance as we seek to do everything we do. Your wisdom. Number five, your ways. Let your kingdom come. Let your ways take priority over our ways. There is a way that seems right to a man, the Bible says, but the end of it's the ways of death. But Proverbs chapter three, verse five, one of the first scriptures I ever learned to live by was trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Your ways, Lord, teach me about your ways. Teach me about your ways. Talks about men in the Bible who learned the ways of God. Number six, your works on display in the world as we take the value system of the kingdom and just begin to live it 
And even when people say, it's okay, nobody will ever find out, just do this. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, the boundaries of my life are drawn by the king and the king that I live by is different. And our works begin to give him glory. And the final number seven is your wonders never become things I take for granted. When I consider the heavens, the works of your hands, when I look at all these things, I say, what is man? You see, when we start talking about the kingdom, we're not just talking about as a, some kind of theoretical kind of what's out there. We're saying, God, your works, your wonders, your ways, the economy, the wealth of heaven, all these things, let them come. And by the way, when they're present in us, they can be present through us. See, you can't give what you haven't got. If I was running to be, you know, to join the Miss World pageant, you know, because we all know I'd win that, you know, kind of hands down. And, I mean, you imagine me in a bikini, it would frighten the children. For, oh no. Don't go there, Paul. Don't think about it, no. You know, and I stood up and said, so, so what's your dream? World peace. What a load of rubbish. But if we parade ourselves before the world as those who are, let your kingdom come. Because we ourselves have begun to live in that as our first responsibility and call. Then what we have in us can be flow from us. And from that which flows from us can change that which is around us. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Actually, you can't say let your kingdom come without saying let your will be done. The two are mutually incompatible. If you say, well, I want the kingdom, but I don't want the will of God. What does that even mean? You're dethroning his authority. So the submission to his will is complicit in the statement of let your kingdom come. And that's why it starts with you and me as individuals to know him. Yeah. So I've gone this whole circle to get back to where I started. Nicodemus, you can't even see the kingdom if you're not born again. So when Jesus taught us to pray, I believe, it's my conviction, that he taught us to pray that prayer first and foremost for us to know that it starts with me knowing God as my Father, yeah. who is holy, yeah. and then saying, would you cause your kingdom to be born and birthed in my life? Because Jesus knew that the disciples could only change the world if they themselves were changed. I've got a question for you. If you're praying the Lord's Prayer, and I believe we all do, even if you don't perhaps understand what you're praying, have you ever thought that God's saying to you, I'm giving you the words to pray that says, come into my life. Mm. Let your kingdom come. Amen. Let your kingdom come. Yeah. And if you've never prayed it that way, maybe this morning you need to pray that way. Yeah. You see, whatever the news says tonight is not what's happening in heaven. No. Very true. The, the news report in heaven will never ever be. Did no. you know today, you know, these are the latest statistics from a never be that way. 
the report from heaven would be, he's enthroned in majesty. Above the circle of the earth, the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. Draw near and with confidence come and enjoy the kingdom of your God and of his Christ. Now, if you don't know Jesus, I do nothing with greater joy than to tell people who've never heard about Jesus that you can know him personally. If you don't know Jesus this morning, nothing stops you from becoming part of his kingdom by recognizing his kingship and accepting in submission the entry of his kingship as your savior into your life. If you are one who prays and says, Lord, as your subject, I want to see your kingdom come, then it is, Lord, help me begin to rediscover what these things are that they may be executed in my life. Okay? I know the service has gone on for a bit longer today. There's been lots happening. But like I said, don't just take my word for it. Read the book. Go, and, go to your concordance and look at every scripture that talks about kingdom in the New Testament. Just read them. Don't read anything. Just read them between now and next week. I promise you, if you don't come back with your eyes on fire and your heart burning and you're kind of, God, this is bigger than I thought, then you and I are on completely different channels because man, I yeah. tell you what, I clicked into this channel and I found out it is just yeah. humongous. Yeah. I thought I knew it yeah. and then Anne asked me to preach and that's just <laughs> terrible. We love you. It's great. Bridget and I, when we, whenever we can and pop in and see you and so on, we love you. We live close by and so on. But we want to see the kingdom expand. And when we travel, yes. we want to see that happen. Amen. So let's pray together.